Father, this morning, we sing, our soul sing, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, we love you, we adore you, we thank you that you lead us into 2022. We thank you for your love, we thank you for your great, greatness, Lord, for your majesty. We honor you this morning, we love you and we exalt you and adore you. We love you, Lord. We praise you and this morning as we share and we learn about your word, Father, I pray that you quiet everyone's heart to listen to your voice, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that may change our heart and our life so that we will be blessed. Father, we want to learn. As Peter said, because you say so, I will obey you, Lord. And this is your word for this, for this new year. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be sit down. Happy New Year, everyone. So, this morning, uh, I can see the what. I can see what time is now. Twelve. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, this morning. I want to share, we continue with the uh, series of John, John 13, verse 1 to 17. This is the truth. This is one of God's promise. But this is very hard to swallow. <laughs> so now, uh, to, uh, nowadays, we live in the world that uh, don't believe on absolute truth. All is about power. And different group of people, we try to compete for position of power and authority. And that impacts the religious institution. Jesus is, our, is very different. Jesus teaches us in John chapter 13, one, verse 1 to 17, God is love. Jesus is love. He revealed his love in his surfing nature. And his final love for us is that he sacrificed on the cross to save us. And last week we celebrated uh, Christmas. We don't know exactly when Jesus was born, but history records Jesus was born in this earth and lived for 33 years in this earth. And when we uh, John mentioned from the first, uh, first I, I want to read the first as we go. So John focused, uh, John uh, said in this word, it was just before the Passover festival. When we read the book of John, John mentioned in several uh, verses, Passover, just before Passover, near to Passover. And he have always point out the Passover. Passover is the greatest of all festive Jewish festivals. So Jesus revealed himself as the Lamb of God. And we start, the, the Jewish start celebrated Passover uh, when they were in Egypt. And God 
uh, angel when uh, uh, God sent his angel of red to kill all the firstborn in Egypt, whether that is animal or human. But this angel passed over the houses of the Israelites when he saw a lamb's blood on the doorpost. So Jesus revealed himself as the lamb of God. Jesus is the lamb of Passover. And now we celebrate Passover as Easter. In few months, we want to celebrate uh, the the, the Easter, that is the, to celebrate the die of Jesus on the cross for us. Now, John chapter 13, verse 1 to 17, we learn the most important question about this event, that is about the foot washing, is not what happened. But the question is, why is happened? John focuses on Jesus' motive to wash his disciples' feet. Today we want to learn about four motives of Jesus to wash his disciples' feet. The first one, Jesus washed his disciples' feet because he is God of love. Jesus loves us. First one, uh, John chapter 13, first one. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knew everything. All things is under his own, his sovereign control. And first, in first three, Jesus, uh, John said, Jesus knew Everything. Jesus knew that the Father had put the, all things, all things under his power. He had come from God and he was returning to God. Jesus knew everything. Everything in our life, he knew it. He knew it. And he had control in everything that happened in this world. So Jesus, uh, then John says, Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, that is his disciple. And today this word is applied to us because we are his follower. We are his disciple. He loved us as his own who are in the world. And he loved us to the end, to the end of our life, to the end of his life. And, and in another, another translation, he loved us unto the uttermost. He loved us totally yeah. until the end. That means eternal, his love. So God does not love us because we love him first or he was returning our love. The Lord, love does, not, uh, the Lord does not love us because anything we can do for him. No. So how we do know how we how do we know about the love of God? First, in the creation of human being. When God created human being, he put a spiritual vacuum in us. And in that spiritual vacuum can be filled only by him. So in fact we have fellowship with God. 
that show us and prove his love to us. We have communion and fellowship with God because he loved us. And John the Gospel, he told us, no one can come to God unless he drew him. God showed his love by his Holy Spirit. He drew us to him. That is the proof of his love. And then with the son's love, God, through Jesus Christ, Jesus loved us and he died on the cross for us to pay for our sin. The Bible said the penalty of sin is death. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that even though we experience death, that is only the transition from earthly life to eternal life. We don't experience eternal death. So we learn that from the relationship with Jesus, uh, between Jesus and his disciple, this is the relationship he is going to have with us as his disciple. So nothing we can do or fail to do can stop him from loving us to the end. Sometimes he might discipline us because of his love. So after the foot washing, within 12 hours of after Jesus uh, washed his disciples' foot, he go to the cross and he died for us. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 30, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friend. And Jesus continued, you are my friend, if you obey my command. So the second motive, the first one, because Jesus is love. The second one, the motive is Jesus want to give example to his disciple of his humble service. First two, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. When I read this verse, it seemed nothing to do with uh, the foot washing. But John here wants to contrast between the devil and God and Jesus. Jesus gave his life to his disciple, devil prompted Judas to betray Jesus. We see the humility of Jesus. He was the disciples' feet versus the pride of Judas. The faithfulness of Jesus versus the betrayal. This is the basic contrast between the devil and God. The devil is at work in, uh, in, in, in spiritual realm. The devil desire for our distraction. Distraction. We should not blame the devil for anything that happened in our life, the, the unhappiness in our life. But neither we should uh, neither should we ignore the destructive or damaging work of the devil. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9, Peter said, Be alert 
and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The devil is active at any time. And John says, resist, resist him and standing firm in faith. Uh, Peter says, stresses him and standing firm in faith. This shows how easily we can be victimized by the devil. He can put thoughts into our minds and our heart and make us feel angry and fear. So this last two years, I think most of us experience fear, anger, frustration because of COVID. Remember, we belong to God. We don't need to obey the devil anymore. And first three, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew his authority, where he come from, his origin, his future glory. Jesus knew his identity. He was secure. He was not trying to prove anything to us or his disciple. When he was his disciple's feet, because of his love, a lot of us, often, we help someone because we are not secure. We try to prove something. But Jesus is secure. He acts because of his love. There are two lessons we can learn from Jesus' foot washing. The first one, he came to serve and to show the full extent of his love. Verse 4 and 5. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When Jesus took off his outer clothes, that means Jesus laid aside his glory and took a servant role. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, Jesus, uh, Paul says, Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. In ancient time, foot washing is not a fun thing to do. At that time, people walked around with sandals. And there is no motorcycle or no car, so we have to walk everywhere and with sandals. And, and their, foot, uh, their feet was covered with dust and animal dung. It's very dirty job. And that is the job of a servant. No friend would uh, was another friend's feet. And there is no record in history that a superior was an inferior's foot. Nothing happened, only Jesus. We remember when Jesus turned water into wine, Jesus turned the foot washing water 
into wine. That is the culture when they want to go into someone's house, they have to wash their feet because their feet were very dirty. So with foot washing, Jesus was showing his disciples that was his main purpose and his mission to come to this world. He came to serve and to show us the full extent of his love. And he would send them to do. Secondly, with the foot washing, with humility, we must allow Jesus to cleanse us. From verse 6 to 11, that is the conversation between Jesus and Peter. When Jesus, when Jesus came to Peter and want to wash Peter's feet, <coughs> Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said, you don't understand what I am doing now, but later you will understand what did Jesus mean. Jesus mean later when the disciple would see Jesus die on the cross and when the spirit would reveal to them the meaning of the cross, they would understand that they worship a sacrifice, serving Lord, a loving and humble God. That is uh, that is the meaning of this verse. Then Peter said, no, no God, no Lord, you don't need to wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Then Peter replied, then Lord, not just my feet, my hand and my head also. You know, when Jesus said that they don't, they didn't, the disciples didn't understand because they focus on the circumstance, on their suffering. They don't see Jesus' mission. And when Peter want Jesus to be honored, to be lifted high, so that they become the earthly king for them, to save them in this earth. But Jesus' mission he has an eternal kingdom. Yeah. That was he, the, the purpose for him to come to this world. So in verse 10, Jesus continues say, who have had a bath, need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. That means, if we receive Jesus as our Savior, with faith we receive him, and by Holy, we receive his Holy Spirit, and we come before him, ask for forgiveness and repentance. That means, born again. We have had a bath. That means, we have been cleansed by Jesus. Jesus was telling Peter that born again, one, uh, born again once is enough. But from time to time, we need to come to Jesus 
ask for forgiveness, confess our sin, and repent before him so that our feet will be cleansed. So we need constant cleansing from sin in order we have fellowship. Uh, our fellowship with God would grow. The cleansing of the, uh, of the feet symbolizes the spiritual cleansing of Christians who have fallen into specific sin. So why Jesus is teaching this thing? Because Peter, uh, Judas, because of his pride, he cannot confess his sin and repent before Jesus, even though he lived with Jesus for so long time. And here, John wants to remind us, we have to surrender our pride. And we come to Jesus, confess our sin, and we have a repentant heart before him. This is very important. And Jesus wants to show his disciple and Peter also that to receive God's blessing, it's required from us the humility to allow Jesus to wash our sin. First 11, the presence of Judas in the text should be warning for us that we need to come to Jesus with faith and with a repentant heart. And also John wants to show us that even the devil had prompted Judas to betray Jesus, but the devil cannot cancel Jesus' gospel plan. That we have, this one is very important that we know. Number three, the motive. We must follow the master example and serve others. I read from verse 12 to 15. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? Jesus asked the disciple. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is very hard truth to swallow. We have to wash one another's feet. Here Jesus is talking about humility. If you said that you are the follower of Jesus, you are the disciple of Jesus, we must serve one another. We must take a role of a servant. Jesus set example to follow. He is showing them that God used his authority and power to serve. So we don't need a special ceremony of foot washing in the church. But we must serve one another. We must take care of the poor, the orphan, the widow. Orphan and widow is in the heart of God. So we must, must help those who are suffering or lonely. We, have, we must watch everything around us, what happened, and help serve and help and serve. This is our call. As Christian leaders, often we feel that we are entitled 
to be served. How do we know if we are truly serving others? We know that we are truly serving others if we are taken for granted. If we don't get the credit that we know that we serve our God. John Stott, the well-known master, uh, the well-known minister and writer, when he visited Bishop in Africa, after the meeting, he cleaned the floor, and all the bishop was shocked. So my definition of serving, if we serve, God gets the glory. And the one who we serve got the benefit. But what about us? We must be forgotten. That is serving. So when the queen was sick, all the reporter report is about the progress of her health. There is no one mention who the doctor is, who the nurses were, because they all the servant of the queen. They don't need to know the servant's name. When Prince Philip died, two of his butler's name were mentioned in the news. Why? Not because they were the butler of Prince Philip. Because Prince Philip gave them reward so that their name were mentioned in the news. If we serve, God gets the glory. The one who serves get the benefit, and I must be forgotten. That is serving. Number four, the motive of Jesus was his disciples' feet is to lead us entering a blessed life. This is the wonderful promise of God. If you serve, you will, be, you will have a blessed life. I think everyone want a blessed life. If we ask people today, what do you want? Everyone, the most answer is, I want happiness. That is the most, this is the most popular answer, happiness. Recently, <coughs> a research study stated that Tens of thousands of couples are headed for divorce this year. And thousands, tens of thousands of couples are going to divorce this year. And they said one third of them are facing conflict which caused by Christmas shopping or Christmas spending. <laughs> so anything can become the reason for divorce if we are not happy. Some people think they will be happy if they have some amount of saving in the bank. Some people think I would be happy if I have a big house. And other people said I would be happy if I'm famous. 
I would be happy if my business can achieve so and so amount this year. But in reality, happiness is not easily achieved. A Texas millionaire once said, I thought money would buy happiness. I have been miserably disillusioned. We better listen and believe this millionaire. <laughs> My brother-in-law, he collected very many very expensive watches. When he died, he could not take one of his watch. And Salomo say in Proverbs that everything is useless. Fame, wealth, power, position cannot guarantee our happiness. Many famous artists and business owners have committed suicide. Now we continue verse 16. Jesus Christ has spoken very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his mother, master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Jesus said that we are not greater than him, and he is not greater than the father who sent him. In other words, being a servant that shows us that we, the disciple of Jesus, and we, that give us assurance that we bear our master's image if we serve. Verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What things? These things, what things? If you know them and you do them, you will be blessed. This is the promise of God. If we follow Christ's example to serve, we will guarantee the blessed life. Uh, the definition of blessed life is happy and joyful. Not because our, of our saving, our wealth, not because how much we earn or our position, but if you are blessed, you will be happy and joyful. What we have to know these things, the first one, we have to know that our God is God of love. He is our Lord. Sometimes we say, Lord, Lord, I love you. But we treat him like our servant. We pray a lot of things. Father, do this, do this, do this for me this year. But we forgot to serve others. We forgot to serve him and ask him, Lord, what can I do for you? And I hope this year, this is our main prayer. Lord, what can I do for you to serve others? Second, we have to know he took a servant role. The foot washing was a parable of his Jesus' entire ministry, all about service. Now, he said, you should do them. We must be all, we must ministers. We must serve if we say we are the followers of Jesus. The word diakonos, we get the word deacon and servant. And in Matthew chapter 20, 
Matthew tells us, just two days before this, uh, Jesus' supper with the disciples, two days before, John and James' mother came to Jesus, make a request. Lord, if you go to your kingdom, can you choose my sons, James and John? One is your own, uh, one is your, uh, one is on your right hand, and the other one is your, on your left hand. And Jesus answered them, and answered this mom, this is not the nature of my ministry. And Jesus, in fact, he said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 to 28, whoever want to become great among you must be your servant. If you want to become great, you must serve. Whoever want to be first must be your slave. If you want to be first, you must become a slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Luke wrote in Luke chapter 22, verse 24, there are a dispute between the disciples and they want to be the greatest. And, uh, yeah, and Jesus showed them the foot washing. And from the disciples, we learn that we all have a desire to be a greatest, to be the greatest, to be a prominent and important one. Every one of us. As Jesus' follower, the servant role for us is not optional. I repeat again, if we, you say you are the disciple of Jesus, you are follower of Jesus, serving is not optional. Serving is our call. Serving is our assignment as Jesus' follower. So I have learned I have heard many people say, I just come to church. I don't want to serve because I don't like conflict. Surfing creates conflict. Even my relative who graduated from Bible college, she doesn't want to serve. She said to me, I don't like conflict. If we follow Jesus' example to serve, God guarantee that you will be blessed, you will be happy, you will be joyful this year. Serving not only gives us assurance that we are the disciple or the follower of Jesus, but it also gives us true happiness. Why is this so? I think we all have questions. I say this because not because I am a full-timer, a pastor wife, but this is the word of the Lord. Because when we serve our character, we de will develop to the character that God would bless. We develop our character if we serve. Even though we must facing a lot of conflict, it doesn't matter. And we learn to sacrifice. 
we learn to be patient. We learn to forgive. We learn to be generous. We learn to, uh, uh, to love. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 12, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are those who are persecuted of the righteousness. So my conclusion for 2012-22, we don't know what will happen this year. With the start of this year, we heard a lot of news in Europe, America, even Australia. There are a lot of people contracted with the COVID. We still cannot go anywhere. And this morning, God remind us of his assurance of his love. He assured us of his love. He loved us as his own until the end. He loved us totally. He, because of his love, he served us. Everything happened, everything in every circumstance that we would face, he served us because he loved us. And we have to remember that we have to come to Jesus with humility. We come to Jesus with repentant heart, ask for forgiveness of our sin so that he will be blessed. He will bless our life. If we serve others, we will be blessed. Now, for you this morning, can you make uh, your prayer point? Lord, how can I serve you this year? Lord, I want to have a blessed life, a joyful and happy life. Lord, make me humble before you. Come to your presence to us for your forgiveness and a repentant heart. God bless you. And I hope this year we will hear a lot of testimony about blessed and happy life.